T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Recently, I got my hands on some VR equipment, specifically the Oculus Quest 2. All right, I was blown away. I've tried VR in the past, but always felt that it wasn't quite there. But it's gotten a lot better, and the games and entertainment now blow my mind. And after playing with this stuff, I've gotten really bullish on the future of the metaverse. And now the key player in all of it, Facebook parent Meta. And Meta's been beaten down. Full disclosure, dollar cost averaging in the meta right now because the metaverse is a game changer. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. All right, since we're talking virtual reality, augmented reality, the metaverse, let's bring on Matt Wren co-founder and chief tech officer at Bundle AR here in Chicago. Matt, always great to have you on the Gaines podcast. Great to be back. Thank you for having me. So, Matt, as I mentioned in the lead, I got my hands on some virtual reality equipment, specifically the Oculus Quest 2, played some games, tried some things out, blown away. And I had tried VR in the past, but it, it just wasn't that good. But Matt, boy, has VR come a long way. The big player in all of this is Facebook parent company Meta, which has totally been crushed. So I love the technology, love the beaten down price of Meta, and I'm super bullish on the metaverse. So let's start right there. Yeah, absolutely. So I got an Oculus Quest. I, I actually tried what was called the, the DK, the developer kits, or the Oculus developer kits before even the Rift came out. Uh, and I will say it was not an optimal experience, but it was still you know, pretty revolutionary. Um, once the actual Oculus Rift came out, that was, you know, I had one, uh, we got one very early on, right when it was released in the 2016 timeframe. Um, and then I've had a Quest 1, and I now have a Quest 2, and I, you know, I have yet to try the Quest Pro that was recently released, although I've, I've heard and seen a lot of reviews of that that are uh, very promising. And obviously, there's, there's, you know, tell of the Quest 3 that will be coming out sometime next year. Um, but from, you know, I will say, as, as a VR user, I, I use the Quest, the Quest 2 um, minimally once a week, at least. So fairly active user, you'd say. Very, I would say very active user. I, I, you know, all told, you know, I haven't actually tracked it, but I, I, it's, it's a very safe assumption on my part to say that I have at this point spent several thousand hours in VR. Wow. Uh, so, over the last several years. So you're certainly the, the right person to talk to. And as you've seen this 
VR develop, I mean, the applications and, and what you can use it for goes well beyond gaming. But a lot of times gaming is the leader in innovation, it seems, sometimes with technology. The gaming options are crazy good now, but... I, ha- I have noticed a couple issues that have gotten a lot better, but still need to be worked on a bit. For some people, there's the Disney-ness factor of being in there. And then there's the other thing for people who have vision issues. So just wanted to kind of talk about a couple of those things. Virtual reality's come a long way. It's really cool. I'm totally on board with this, especially after seeing the latest software and games and having my... Uh, you know, looking at some of the um, the hardware as well. But there are some some things that, you know, there are still some small issues with VR. So wanted to talk about those. There's, there's definitely some issues. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that has happened. So there was this game that I play now called Population One. Um, and I remember early in the game, like very, very early after it was released, there was this bug that happened occasionally where, you know, because you, you had mentioned the, um, people with uh, vision issues, uh, but they had this issue that happened in the game very, very early on. I haven't seen it happen anytime recently, so we're talking over a year ago. Uh, but what would happen is the spatial audio would flip. So you would, you know, you'd basically be hearing the left ear and the right ear and vice versa. And it was very disorienting. It was, it was you know, you don't realize how much you actually rely on sound in that environment until it messes up and all of a sudden, you know, you're completely disoriented. You're hearing things and trying to look in that direction. And, you know, so. so I mean, real say, quick, uh, the sound part of it, I've found, especially when you're gaming, I mean, you may have somebody coming, sneaking up behind you. It's a- as big of a part as the vision. Go ahead. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, it's a huge, it's a huge deal, uh, especially like I said. So Population One is a shooter. It, it's, you know, you're, you're basically, it's, it's similar to like a Fortnite where you're in a squad of people. And it's, you don't want to be the last team to be eliminated and the world kind of closes in on you. And so, you know, yes, the, the sound and listening for people either climbing or running or things like that, it's a big deal. And yes, the vision, obviously the visibility and the vision is very, it's, it's powerful. You're looking in all directions, you're in a virtual world. So the gaming aspect of it, it it's a really cool way to experience a shooter. Um, and ultimately the other big thing that I'll say about it though, is again, it's a collaborative game. It's multiplayer. So you're playing in real time with other people against other people and you're playing in squads. Um, they have, they have a couple different versions. They have squads, which is teams of three. They have legions, which is teams of six. Um, and so you do have to actually like collaborate with the other people to determine, you know, the gameplay. It's, it's all part of it. Uh, I do want to kind of step back a little bit and talk about an early game, a very early game in VR, which was called Echo Arena. And the reason I like to bring that game up, aside from the fact that it was just a really cool game, um, and it was early, is the fact that, like, unlike a shooter, you know, you can kind of compare, uh, you know, a Population 1 or a shooter game, you could compare that in the real world to playing something like Paintball. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's a physical correlation. Echo Arena is a zero-gravity, ultimate Frisbee meets football meets soccer game. So it's, it's you know, team play, team versus team, but you're playing in zero gravity and you're kind of floating around this game space and you're, you know, trying to get a Frisbee in a goal. There's no way to play that game in the physical world. It's not possible because, you know, we, we, you know, unless we actually set up one of those arenas up in space and orbit from the earth at some point in the near future. And so like the real power and the real kind of cool things that you can do with VR is that you can enable somebody to play a game like that. 
And, you know, again, yeah, if you're, you know, as someone, if you're prone to motion sickness, that is not a good game to play, or at least not one to start with, uh, because you are moving all around in space. Just some of the innovation, the, the you know, population one, you're, you climb things by grabbing them and pulling yourself up. Um, there's a game that I play, you know, I haven't played, which was the one? You mentioned Hitman, right, I think? Yes, Hitman. Okay, have you played Contractors yet? No. Okay, so Contractors is more of like a traditional combat-y type game. So it's, it's, you know, where Population 1 is more like a Fortnite combat-style game, Contractors is very much more kind of traditional combat of you're running and it's got real weapons and you got to reload and do all the stuff that you would normally do. And the mechanics in the game of, like, reloading a weapon, you know, okay, you've got a magazine, it's got a fixed number of ammo, you've got to reload just like you would, you've got to pull the release on the slide. So the realism there... You know, you're in an environment where you, you're trying to duck behind cover and you're trying to, you know, avoid being shot at or hit by other people. But it's not like you're doing it on a controller in your hands. You're actually physically moving to do this stuff. Hopefully you've got a good game space. It's way less passive than just sitting with the controller in your hands. It's almost like gaming apples and oranges versus like your standard home console, like a, a PlayStation or an Xbox where you're just, you know, looking through the TV. That's the one thing where the VR is way more active. It is way it is way different. The one other thing that I find really interesting in there, you mentioned how you, you don't really have a controller. It's amazing the add-ons you can buy for some of these games. So you have a holster for your gun. You have um, something that you can put the, the controller in that makes it, like a shotgun. I mean, th- some of the, the add-ons are really cool, too. Oh, yeah, like where you can put a stock on the controller so you actually feel it against your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, and I know people who, like, some of the people I know who are actually, like, competitive gamers, they play with those because it makes them more accurate. It makes them a more, you know, a more effective gamer. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't actually have any of the add-ons. I've, I'm, I've tried, I've gone out to a couple of um, conventions, and I've tried, like, the haptic vest. Right. Which that right there is something I I frankly can't wait to get. These are the vests that you would wear in VR that c- can provide you various sensations. Kind of build on that. Yeah, so it's it's a vest. And, I mean, they have full-body suits. The ones that I, I never tried one of the full-body suits. But I've definitely tried the gloves and I've tried the vest. And, you know, what that does is basically you're putting on essentially a set of gloves or you're putting a vest on that kind of pulls very tight to your – it's almost like a second skin – but, you know, when you, uh, again, bringing it to a shooter-style game, when you get shot, you feel it. It, it basically, you know, there's a couple different ways that they do it. Um, the one that I tried, I think, uses, uh, like, these little almost balloons, and they just inflate very quickly. And so, you know, essentially, if you, if you were, you know, in the game to get shot in the chest, all of a sudden, you're going to feel a really quick, really sort of powerful pop on your chest. So, it, again, adds a whole other level of realism to gaming. They're also very accurate. So, you know, if you're shot in the back, it's gonna, you're going to feel it. If you're shot in the top right shoulder in the back, you're going to feel it in the top right shoulder in the back versus in the low left. So you'll know kind of where shots are coming from just by where you're feeling them, too. Um, I've been told, and again, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not much of a sports video gamer. Um, I've seen and I've tried very briefly the, the football game. Yeah, I've, I've several wearing... friends who just are blown away by this. It's It's like you're actually playing the game. Oh, yeah. Well, and, that's, and I, I like one of the things that I really want to try, which I haven't had a chance to try yet, is actually playing the football game in a, in a haptic suit where you, if you get hit, you're feeling it. Um, and the same thing with the gloves. Like if you wear some of the gloves that I got to try out in Augmented World Expo uh, in June last year, 
when you touch something in the virtual world, you're wearing a set of VR glasses. If you touch something, you feel it. If you place your, the one that I tried actually had temperature too. So if you place your hand over the fire, it got hot. You place your hand on the cold on the ice, it got cold. Um, so, you know, that technology that's coming out now is, you know, I won't say that that stuff, I haven't really seen a lot of consumer availability of it, but I've tried it in, you know, industrial use for training. And I've also tried it again at some of these, uh, some of these conventions. So it's definitely coming and it's in the near future. And it's really going to add a whole lot of, you know, again, add to those aspects of realism. Um, you know, I've, I worked with a company. I actually worked, uh, I was advising a team out of IIT um, last year that was working on a smell generator for VR. So, you know. And so that's even taking were, it to the, the, the next level is, is throwing in uh, like smell-o-vision. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are some of those solutions on the market. If you look around, you can find them. They're available today. But I don't necessarily know if they're like, you know, consumer use as much as like gimmicking or... And a lot of times it takes some refinement. But it's interesting, all the different types of things that they're, you know, trying to add to this overall experience. But hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. I've been told that's podcast gold. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back to continue the conversation with Matt right after the break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, back with Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer at Bundle AR here in Chicago. So as we were going into the break, you know, wanted to talk about some of the companies, some of the players and applications that we can see going forward. So let's just start with who are the leaders? What are the companies that are really making a splash here? Give us a couple names that, you know, are are, are, are the big players or, or offering just some unique innovation in virtual reality and augmented reality so in terms of the entertainment and the gaming i'll start really quickly with entertainment and gaming in vr uh, and then I'll, we'll talk a little bit about augmented reality and what we and frankly what bundle ar does 
Um, in v- I mean, VR gaming meta, frankly, it's, you know, formerly Facebook, now meta, they're, they're the player. They are the, you know, the, the, they're the big player. They're the big, they're the, what do they call it? 800 pound gorilla in the room. Um, and the reason I say that is, is there's a couple of reasons. Number one is obviously the most widely distributed hardware, but on the content side as well, you know, a couple of the names, like the really big games and the really big names that are out there right now, you know, early on, and I'll, I'll go back historically, Echo Arena, the game that I mentioned earlier, that was one of the most popular games in VR. And almost immediately, Ready at Dawn was acquired by Meta, uh, which is the game that's the company that put out Echo Arena. Uh, the next big game that I'm sure most people who think VR video game have thought of is probably Beat Saber, which is Beat Games, Jaroslav Beck. That company also got acquired by Meta. Um, the other game that I just mentioned, Population One, which I love playing. That's because it's kind of the one, if I'm going in, that's my default. That's what I start at. And then I occasionally will go to Contractors or Beat Saber or other games. But um, that's put out by a company called Big Box. Population One is made by a company called Big Box, which, if I'm correct, was also just recently acquired by Meta. Uh, so a lot of these games that are, you know, when it comes to the, the actual content as well, you know, Meta's got the hardware, but they've also got a lot of the game studios. Wow. So I, I like they, it sounds like they've gone on a complete buying spree and have bought up a lot of these smaller software providers and, and different companies that have been involved. It seems like Meta really has pulled kind of the whole industry together in, 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 in Meta. Yeah. And I mean, and it goes beyond that to what you were talking about earlier with, you know, when you start talking about the metaverse and like work applications and workrooms. So they have the horizon platform, which is the one that they put out, uh, which is kind of a social environment and also a work environment. Now there's lots of other social environments and work environments that have been around as well. There's, you know, there was one of the early ones was called Altspace, uh, which Altspace, if I'm correct, was eventually acquired by Microsoft. Um, but Allspace is, you know, it's, it's like, it's a social gathering. There's definitely some games in there, but it, it's a social environment, I guess would be the way to put it. Um, but there's other ones too. There's the Engage platform. There's, um, you know, Mozilla has the Hubs environment. Uh, so there's a lot of different types of social environments. Um, and some of them, you know, some of them are more focused on work type use cases like Verbella. Some of them are definitely more focused on social like Allspace. You know, Allspace has comedy shows and rock concerts in it. Um, and at the, you, know, you can go in there and play Cards Against Humanity. Uh, you know, so there's stuff like that in there, but you can also have a dedicated workspace where you're co-working with a team. And, you know, Meta has their version of that, which I believe is Horizons. Uh, and I've, I tried Horizons early on. I haven't been into it recently, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, when you start talking about kind of the difference between the entertainment use cases and uh, the work and productivity use cases, when we get to, you know, augmented reality, sorry if I, I just beeped, but I got a second call coming in. Um, when you start talking about augmented reality, so Bundle AR, we're an augmented reality platform. We're a drag and drop, no code. We make it very easy for anybody who wants to do augmented reality to be able to do it without the time and expense of, you know, hiring a developer and going through a whole development cycle. It, it's, it's like using PowerPoint, but you publish augmented reality with it. Now that said, we're mostly B2B and B2G, business to business, business to government, work use cases. And those use cases are generally around things like training um, or field support. So if you're a technician in the field trying to figure out how to use a piece of equipment that maybe you're not familiar with, you can get instructions right when you need them, where you need them. 
there's also some entertainment use cases for augmented reality as well. We all, you know, I think most of the people who'd be listening to this will be familiar with Pokemon Go. Um, what I don't know, you know, Pokemon Go was put out by a company called Niantic. And Niantic has a really cool kind of spatial global mapping platform that almost any developer can tap into and use. Um, while people might know Pokemon Go, I'm not sure if people would be familiar with their other two titles that were based on kind of the same engine. There was the earlier one called Ingress, uh, which was a game very much like Pokemon Go, only I can't really remember if it had any of the augmented reality components. If it did, they were very basic. Uh, and then there was also a Harry Potter game that was released after Pokemon Go, uh, which, frankly, my kids had a lot of fun with because they were huge Harry Potter fans. You know, so you can use both of these technologies, whether it's VR or AR. They both have a lot of use cases, both for entertainment and for work application. There's tons of VR training that takes place. Gaming's a big factor. It's a completely different experience. Then you also have the workplace applications. How does that split up as far as usage? I'm curious. And when do we start seeing the workplace stuff implemented in a real way? Um, I would say, uh, I will say the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. Um, there are definitely people and companies today that are using VR on a daily basis uh, and AR for that matter. Um, it's not everybody and it's not everywhere. And it's not, you know, it's getting there. It's going to be, a, it's going to be an adoption curve like any other technology, but I, I, you know, so I'll speak to bundle AR again, because that's, these are the, this is, you know, my company, I know my customers and their use cases. Um, one of our customers is a company called Sesame Solar and they have this uh, French, essentially it's a, it's a solar nano grid. It's a trailer that gets trucked into locations that have no power, no internet. And it's generally going to be, you know, sort of handed off to a technician who's going to have to set it up in order for it to generate power because it's a solar generator is basically what it is. Um, the instructions for how to operate that piece of equipment are delivered by augmented reality. So anytime that that equipment's being used, it's being used with augmented reality. Um, you know, in terms of VR, I know, you know, we have military customers and I talk, I speak with the military, the training that Bundle AR supports using augmented reality, that, that training course was built using that augmented reality. It, it, it would have to be completely redone to not use the augmented reality. And at that point it would be, okay, well, let's go back to PowerPoint. Um, because a lot of the training that is delivered via augmented reality is on equipment that the people who are being trained are never actually going to have, you know, full 100% physical access to during the training class. It's very limited distribution equipment. And, uh, you know, for example, it's not like you can just truck a SpaceX Dragon capsule anywhere. <laughs> you know, right, there's right. limited access to those. Um, and so, you know, the AR portion of that, like that is the training. That's how it works today. Um, in other, in manufacturing, I know that there's manufacturing facilities, you know, maybe not necessarily on the line all day, every day that people are wearing a set of AR glasses, but those the glasses are there for, you know, generally like, uh, I guess the use case there would be probably maintaining the machinery that's on the line as opposed to actually just doing the day-to-day hands-on manufacturing. Um, VR training with some of our military, some of those people that I speak with in the military, I just got back from a giant conference called IITSEC, which is, you know, training simulation uh, conference for the military and the number of VR and mixed reality training on that floor. I mean, it's a huge convention and the entire convention is all training use cases that are mixed reality uh, or simulators. Uh, but even a lot of the simulators now are using mixed reality headsets as part of the simulation as well. So it's definitely for those people in those particular groups, you know, training 
you know, I think about it. When, how, how often, how long has it been since pilots were training how to fly on simulators? That's been going on for a long time. Right. The fact that it's now that's kind of a daily use for the people who are doing that type of training, it is day-to-day for them at this point. It's every day for them. Um, when will it be that, you know, to answer your question, when is it going to be that your average social media manager is doing, you know, day-to-day VR work? I don't know. I, that's, that's hard to tell how long it's going to take people to transition. Um, I will say, looking at the metrics, you know, augmented reality, the device is the mobile device right now. Um, you know, we keep hearing rumors about Apple's going to come out with something. Microsoft has the HoloLens, but the HoloLens isn't really consumer technology. Um, I will say that the Meta, um, the Meta Quest Pro, one of the biggest features that that thing implemented is what's called pass-through augmented reality. So, you know, you're in VR, you're looking at a video screen basically, but it's just got the cameras on. So you're looking at your space and you can add to that space using augmented reality. That's one of the biggest features of the Quest Pro as opposed to like the Quest 2. In the Quest 2, you have the, you have those cameras, but they're kind of black and white and they're not really high resolution. Um, you know, but with the, with the launch of the Quest Pro, you could probably see a lot more use cases for augmented reality that is head-worn um, just because they kind of up the level on the, the capabilities there. There's definitely training use cases. You see a lot of it in the medical field. Yeah, I was going to um, say medical I- is, is probably another giant thing thing um you know for surgeons to practice or you know even instructions on how to operate a piece of i i gotta think that medical's got to be one of the the biggest uh users of uh that technology right now well yeah and you know i spoke with so rsna just took place in chicago and i was speaking with uh, a company a couple of people that came in here um there's a company called Luxonic. There's another one called Immersive Touch. Some friends, you know, some companies here in Chicago. You'd ask me to name some companies. Those are a couple of them. Um, and they, you know, one of the best things that they told me is think about, a, think about surgery and surgical training. When you're training a surgeon, how do you let them know what it's like to fail? Like they can't, you know, if you're, what, if you're working on a live human, you can't fail just to see what's going to happen. You know, if you, even if you're working on a cadaver, you can't, like that, that's, Basically, if you mess up a procedure once, you mess up the procedure, and now you can't really continue with the training because you don't know what it's like to fail. <laughs> Excuse me. If you're doing virtual training, you can fail a hundred different ways, and just continue, and then okay, well, if I fail like this, this is what's going to happen. If I fail like this, I know now this is what's going to happen. So you, you know, when you train people on what it's like to do something wrong, that's also a way to sort of help them understand how and why you kind of have to get things right. And when you think about like something like, again, surgery, you really can't let people fail, even when they're training. There's, like, there's, no, there's no good scenario in the physical world to do that. But in VR, you have that capability. Um, and so that helps people train a lot. You know, again, it's, it's more training. It's more capability. Um, and that's one of the things that I remember that people were talking about who do actually like, specific surgical training. Um, equipment operation training, obviously, is, it's kind of a muscle memory thing. You can very, you can much more easily distribute augmented reality or virtual reality-based training, especially if you're talking about something like heavy equipment. You know, if, if you're talking heavy equipment, anything from an engine to a forklift to, you know, frankly, a military airplane, you've either got to move the equipment to the people or the people to the equipment if you're going to train them in the physical world. But if VR or AR-based training is available, well, now you can just distribute the VR and AR-based training, and the people don't. You don't even have to worry about the logistics. So it can end up saving a lot of costs. What's the biggest hurdle 
dabbling in the technology, I'm surprised that isn't used by a wider audience. Uh, I still talk to a lot of people and they have no idea what I'm talking about. And I've talked to some folks who've dabbled, but what needs to happen for this to get greater adoption? Okay, well, this is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little selfish here and talk about bundle AR. Sure. Uh, because in our, in our, you know, based on our research and based on everything we've seen, the biggest hurdle to widespread adoption of augmented reality is the time and cost to develop the content. Um, you know, the, the hardware is already distributed. Almost everybody, at least in the United States, has a smartphone. That's the hardware. So everybody has, you know, relatively everybody has the capability in their pocket of doing augmented reality. But what about the, essentially the time and the cost related to developing useful content for augmented reality? Well, you know, if you don't have a platform like Bundle AR, because again, Bundle AR, drag and drop, no code, enterprise content management. So, you know, it's just as easy to update augmented reality content as it was to initially publish it or build it. So that's, that's what Bundle AR offers. We, we take away the need to have a dedicated developer. We take away a lot of the time and the cost in terms of getting a use case delivered to people. And, you know, ultimately that is in our estimation. That's the biggest problem right now is that a lot of companies out there that might want to use augmented reality, they don't know where to get started or how to get started. And they don't, you know, they're, they're a little bit afraid of the cost and they're a little bit afraid of the timeline and what it's going to do to my current business processes. And what we like to do with Bundle AR is we say, listen, don't make this a huge change to start. Just use the technology, deliver a use case, use that to learn how you can then best utilize AR kind of as a communication channel or as a work tool going forward. And from there, you can expand it. You know, but getting your hands on it those first couple of times, that's what you have to do. You have to get your hands on it. You have to make a delivery. And then once you understand what you can do with it, then it's off to the races. You know, but if there's a huge hurdle there of time and cost, well, it's a little bit harder to do. So we try to remove the time and the cost. That's what Bundle AR's goal is, is get this technology in the hands of everybody so that it can scale immediately. When it comes to VR, you're still kind of facing that same concern. It's a development question. It's how long does it take to develop the content? Now, obviously, VR is getting widely adopted by people for entertainment use cases. And those people who are then saying, oh, hey, here's this work-based use case. Maybe I could do that as well. You know, so whereas I will say on the VR side, there's a lot of people who are using it for entertainment and then sort of pulling it back into business use case. Whereas on the AR side, it's mostly B2B use cases, business type use cases. And there's definitely some entertainment, but the real sort of driving force right now is the business use case. Uh, but I would still say in either case, it's the development of the content. That's the big hurdle. And frankly, that's why there's a huge need for developers who know how to do this stuff. Um, you know, it's that that's I will I will say over the next couple of years, being a developer of VR and AR content is going to be similar to being like a web developer in the early 90s. There, there's way more positions than there are people who can fill them. Wow, that's very interesting. So as we wrap up today's gains conversation, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. We see the value and where this is headed and some of the applications. And obviously, even from a career standpoint, getting involved, maybe learning how to program and and operate some of these platforms that's creating this content might be a great idea. But your takeaway from today's conversation, Matt? I mean, the big thing I would say is just be aware of this technology. It's, it's, it's not future tech. It's here today. It's being used. 
And it would really benefit almost everybody to get familiar with it because, you know, it, it's, I would, I will draw the parallel of becoming familiar with VR and AR right now is the equivalent of becoming familiar with web technology in the mid to late nineties. It's going to be affecting your life. It's going, you know, as Tim Cook, Tim Cook said it the other day, uh, during, you know, a couple of years from now, we're going to look back on our lives and try to remember how we did things without AR. And that, that's kind of like today with the web, but try to remember what you, you know, how you used to do things before the web. That's what's coming. So the big takeaway I would say is if you're not using it today, start looking around, try to get your hands on it. Definitely start to think about how it's going to apply to your career in the coming years because it will. You heard it here from Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer at Bundle AR here in Chicago. Again, big thanks. And like I said, I'm dollar cost averaging into meta stock as we speak. I see the value. This is another one long term out and the prices of meta stock is 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 a deal in my opinion right now. Take it at face value. But I feel very confident about this technology and how Meta has consolidated it, and I love that play going forward. So, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We're back next Wednesday, and I look forward to seeing you then. A news radio WB. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.